So anyway, just so you know, there's some context behind that. Uh, so we're, we've been in a series um, uh, called Seek Him, where it feels like at the beginning of this year, God is really calling us to seek after his heart, to, uh, to kind of reset some priorities um, and, and make sure that he is the main thing, that the, our pursuit of who God is uh, matches his pursuit as much as we can of him pursuing us. And so we're, we're trying to just position ourselves to know what it means to really seek him and why that's important. We've anchored ourselves in Psalm 27. So it's a, it's a short scripture, but if you wouldn't mind just standing, we're just trying to get in the practice of whenever we read God's word to stand for his word. I'm just going to read verse 4. Uh, it's Psalm 27, verse 4. One thing I ask from the Lord, this only do I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all of my days and to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord and to seek him in his temple. Lord, I pray that tonight as I share, it would just be thoughts um, that aren't just my thoughts, but that's something that is from you for the building up and nourishing of your body tonight. And I pray, God, that it would be truth. And Lord, we know that when, when it's truth from you, that it doesn't return void. It actually yields a return. And so I pray for a multiplication of truth tonight in the minds and the hearts of the people who are listening in Jesus' name. Amen. You can be seated. All right, so we've been looking at, through this psalm uh, at how we can seek the heart of the Father, how we can make him the, the main thing. And when we looked at the scripture a few weeks ago, we said to seek, to seek him, uh, this particular scripture kind of lists three ways that we can do that. Three ways that we can do that. It talks about dwelling in his temple. And we said that dwelling in his temple is kind of a, a, a way of talking about how we can just learn how to be with God. That one way we seek God is to learn how to just be with God. That dwelling in his temple doesn't mean to physically go to a place and worship there because God's presence is everywhere. We're going we're gonna to dig into this a little bit tonight. Uh, but that God is, God is everywhere and that we're just trying to focus ourselves on being with him. Then we talked about that next line, how uh, it talks about gazing on the beauty of the Lord. And that's all about worship. So just worshiping God. That's one way we seek him is by we worship. We let him know. We, we, we look at who he is. We focus on who he is. And we acknowledge that. That's all worship is. It's just letting God know who he is. It's, it's returning back to God just how good he is and letting him know that. That's the most, most simple thing. And then the last part, it says to seek him in his temple. That's all about learning from God. So, to, so, so in, the, in, in the time that this was written, people would go to the temple and they would learn, or the tabernacle, and they would learn what the scriptures have to say, what the, what the Torah, the law would have to say, and they would be instructed. They would go seeking wisdom, or they would go seeking an answer for prayer. God, what should we do about this? Should we go here or there? And they would go, and they would want to learn from the Lord. And so we just said that these aren't, this isn't a comprehensive list, but if you just want some anchor points, what does it mean to seek God? It means to be with God, it means to worship God, and it means to learn from God. Good? All right. All right. So here's what I want to do today is throughout the remainder of the series, I want to pepper in some really, really practical message, some how-to. So how do we actually do this? So it doesn't just end up being theory of like, oh, that's a good idea, but actually that as a, as a body of Christ, we're empowered to seek God in, the, in these ways. And so, so tonight is going to be a little bit different than how, like, if you're a part of our church normally, you know I'm like real fiery and I'm going to just go right at it. I'm going to dial back a little bit and we're going to just get real practical. Is that okay? Okay. All right, cool. It doesn't matter. That's what's on the notes. That's what we're doing. So, all right. So let's circle back to this idea of being with God. What does that mean to just be with God? 
if, if, you, um, if you've never heard or kind of thought about God in this way, that might seem like a foreign concept, uh, or it might sound like somewhat like that's like something that monks do, or like some like weird kind of uh, stream of Christianity just being with God, or it might sound like new age spirituality. Um, uh, but in reality, learning how just to be with God is the thing that human beings were made to do. Like, we were made to be with God. And it's actually something that goes all the way through Scripture. So going to the very beginning of Scripture, in the book of Genesis, you have God creates his human beings, and he creates his human beings in a context where there's no sin, there's no destruction, there's, no, there's, no, um, there's nothing in the world to fix, so to speak. And so what do Adam and Eve do? Like, when they're not focused, right? Like, they're in paradise. What is God doing with Adam and Eve in paradise? They're just being with each other. It says that God came to meet them in the cool of the day where he would walk with them. Isn't that a cool concept? But doesn't that feel so foreign? Like, doesn't it feel like our relationship with God has to be about doing something for or doing something with God? But originally, we were designed to be with God. Now, it didn't mean we didn't have other responsibilities, but we were just made to, to be with God. The, the idea, the big idea here, I think that we, we need to flesh out is that we were designed to live in conscious awareness and dependence on the presence of God. You and I were designed to live with a conscious, so we, 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 we're aware of it in our minds, and, and a conscious awareness and dependence on the presence of God. So a couple scriptures to help frame this. Psalm 89, verse 15 and 16. It'll be up on your screen. Blessed are those who have learned to acclaim you, who walk in the light of your presence, Lord. They rejoice in your name all day long. They celebrate your righteousness. Let me just highlight a couple things. Blessed are those who learned. So this isn't something that comes automatic. Anyone else feel like this is an area that like isn't very easy, like just to be with God? Guess what? That's okay. It's something we have to learn to do. And so it says, blessed are those who learn not only how to lift up your name, but who walk in light of your presence. That's talking about walking in awareness of God's presence. That's, that's what this means, to walk in light of your presence, to walk in awareness of God's presence. And how, what does this look like when people do that? They rejoice all day long and celebrate their righteousness. I don't know about you, but I could use a little bit more joy in my life. Yeah? And I could also use focusing on how good God is more than focusing on how bad the world is. Anyone else? Everywhere you look, the world is bad, but God is good. So what's getting your attention more, how bad the world is or how good our God is? I think that our level of joy and satisfaction in life is almost in direct proportion to how much we live in an awareness of how good God is in comparison to how bad the world is. It doesn't matter how bad the world is. God is much, much better. He's so holy. He's so completely other that right now in heaven, all of heaven is singing, holy, 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 holy is the Lord day and night nonstop. That's how good God is. There's no one like him. So what does it look like to walk in an awareness that that good, amazing, awesome, powerful God is with me every single day? That's life-changing, right? That's a totally different thing. So that's Psalm 89. Another one, Psalm 1611. Uh, you make known to me the path of life. You, you will fill me with joy in your presence, with eternal pleasures 
at your right hand. That sounds good to me. Filling me with joy in God's presence. And when we think of God's presence, sometimes if we're not careful, we think about going to a place or going to heaven. And sure, there will be joy there, but he's talking about something that is right now. This is like something that we can experience here in this life, where in his presence there is fullness of joy and eternal pleasures at his right hand. That means that God can elevate our thinking and our experience of life to think like God thinks and to see pleasure in life where oftentimes we're not able to see it. That's God's heart for us. So, but it requires walking around in a conscious awareness of God's presence. So in my mind, that sounds good. Um, uh, and, and to think especially that God's presence isn't limited to a place. So, so this is, we have to be really clear that God's presence isn't limited to a place. The only limitation is our awareness of God's presence. So um, we're going gonna, gonna to flesh this out maybe just a little bit more. But if you are a follower of Jesus... That means that God's very presence lives inside of you. You don't have to go anywhere to find it. He is already with you. The problem is our awareness of his presence in our lives. Like, so everything that's true about the relationship of Jesus and and the Father is true about you and your relationship with God. Jesus never walked on the face of the earth outside of awareness that he was his father's son and that he was fully imbued with the Holy Spirit. And that is also true of you. The only difference is our awareness of it. So Jesus lived in that conscious awareness. So, for example, uh, Jesus says in John chapter 5, Very truly I say to you, the son can do nothing by himself. He can only do what he sees the father doing, because whatever the father does, the son does also. What's that about? Jesus is walking around in this constant conversation and awareness that his father is carrying him along, and he's just observing, Father, what are you doing today? What are you doing around me? And then Jesus says, all I do is whatever I see the Father doing. And, and that is how he lived his life every single day. It's like, it seems like, um, it, like there is, um, if we're not careful, we'll, we'll, we'll just assume that Jesus just was like a magician and just going around doing tricks. But that's not the case. His Father in heaven was doing work, and he was just partnering with what, he, what his Father was doing all the time. He walked in a conscious awareness of the presence of God. And, he, and Jesus taught his disciples over and over again that they should do the same kind of thing. So if you've been around church, you probably have remembered the story of Mary and Martha. Remember this? Remember this story? So Mary, these two disciples of Jesus, these female disciples of Jesus, are, um, they, and Jesus goes to their home, and, um, and, and Martha is preparing and doing the dutiful and good thing and preparing the house to receive a guest. This is a really good thing. It was was a practicing hospitality. And so she's busy making all these preparations and and making sure that the guests are are well taken care of. But while she's doing that, Mary is sitting at the feet of Jesus while he's teaching the rest of the disciples. And remember, Martha gets upset. It's like, why, Jesus, are you letting her do this? Like, she should be helping me. And Jesus basically rebukes Martha, not in a harsh way, but to say, she's doing the one thing that's needed right now. It's being with me, sitting at my feet. That Jesus re- reiterates this over and over again with his disciples in so many, so many different kinds of ways. That being with him is the main thing. John chapter 15. If you remain in me as I remain in the Father, 
He uses this word remain, remain, remain over and over and over again. There is this idea that we are meant to be tethered to who God is at all times. We're meant to live in this presence. You getting the picture? Yeah? I know it might feel like overkill, but I want you to be, I want you to be clear that this is rooted in biblical spirituality, not like some weird thing that someone made up, okay? That's why I'm making this point. So, and here's what I know is what's true of Jesus is true of you and I. If we're in Christ, we have the same access to the presence of God as he had, the same access to the will of the Father that he had, same access to living in that conscious awareness, uh, constant conscious awareness of his presence and dependence on his presence. So, and there, if we're willing to do that, the offer of Scripture to us is there is joy, comfort, peace, strength, knowledge. All of these things come with us if we're willing to do this. Okay, so all of that's true, but let's state the obvious that it's not always easy, right, to be with God. The, the God that we're talking about, we can't physically see with our eyes. We can't touch with our hands. He is spiritual, not physical. And so the question is, how do we actually do this? Like, how do we learn how to just be with God as a way of seeking God? Well, there's a couple things I just kind of want to lay out before I dig into some practical stuff. Um, First of all, I want you to just know, and I'm not going to take a lot of time to unpack this, that God wants to be with you. He wants to be with you. More than you desire to be with him, he desires to be with you. That is a foundational thing. We don't have to convince him to be with us. Remember the story of the prodigal? I talked about this a couple weeks. When the son is lost, the father goes and and actively waits. And once he sees him waits, he runs to him. And so the father in heaven is pursuing you. He's drawing you to himself. You can't come to him, the scripture says, unless he draws you to himself. So if you have an inclination to know God, guess what? He put it there. He put it there. And that means he wants to meet you in this. Like, so you don't have to convince God to be with you who already wants to be with you. All right? Truth number one. Truth number two is, but he does require seeking and it does require asking. So it doesn't happen just automatically. So if we go back to our Psalm 27, it starts out, this is interesting. I've been just reflecting on this more and more, and I totally miss this. I like how it starts out with, one thing I ask from the Lord, and this one thing that I seek. It's a request. God, this is what I want. But I know that this isn't something that I can just produce on my own. And I know it's not going to be something that you're just going to do on your own. It requires, God, that you do something in me, and I'm here to do my part as well. It requires God meeting us, and it requires us pursuing him. It's both him inviting us to himself and us seeking after him. It, it's kind of like, uh, I've heard it described this way, that there's treasure that's hidden, and, and, and God himself is the treasure. And when we know that there's something really valuable, there's actually a lot of joy in the seeking, right? Like, when we know, like, have you ever done an Easter egg hunt for kids? Like, the joy is in the hunt, you know what I'm saying? They know that there's something on, on, on the other side that they're going to get, and they're going to get this thing. Well, here's what we, we know is that there's actually joy that we can experience in seeking after the heart of God, even if it doesn't it result in this great kind of incredible experience. There's joy in the seeking. And we will find treasure with him. We will find, like it said, joy and pleasure, like eternal pleasures with him. 
So, so I think it's really important just to remember that this does require seeking and it does require asking. It's not an automatic, automatic thing. This is something, being with God is something that you can grow with over time. So I want to say right now, do not compare your relationship with God to someone else's relationship with God. Don't do it. It will absolutely kill your relationship with God. That's not to say that you, like, can, you can't look at someone else's relationship with God and say, you've got something that I want. There's something that seems like you know God in a way I don't. If that's the case, then you go and you ask that person, teach me, help me. But don't be envious of it and don't measure yourself against that. That's not godly, right? That, that's actually going to squash you because the reality is each one of us, uh, God has uniquely designed us differently, so some of us are really um, drawn to music. Some of us are, are not. Some of us are, are, are really drawn to using our physical bodies. And in and, and, and other ways, chances are, if you are an athlete and you've been an athlete your whole life, one of the ways that God wants to connect with you is through moving your physical body. And I'll talk about how that, how that happens in just a second. If you are the kind of person who's really, um, really intellectual and you love to read, you love, you love to uh, digest information, chances are God has designed you that way and wants to meet you in that way. And you don't need to apologize for it. Okay? We got, got it? But the caveat is don't just pigeon yourself your whole, nope. That was not, no, I don't know. Yeah, can we edit that? Just go back. I'm sure that maybe that was inappropriate in some way. Don't pigeonhole yourself. How about that? Into only having one way of connecting with God. You got to stretch. So, so when we come together and we worship, don't say, I'm not a music person. We don't, we don't get to do that. We're collectively the family of God. Like, and so we're going to pursue God in that way. Allow yourself to be stretched. Just don't do comparison. Got it? All right, cool. And the last thing I'll say this, there's no formula. So I'm going to give you a couple things here, some real practical things here, but there isn't a formula. If I do A and B, then I will get C. If you do that, you will be disappointed. It doesn't work that way. I've been a Christian uh, um, for, and, and, or I should say, in church my whole entire life. Like, I, I, there was never a time in my life where I wasn't in church. I am still figuring this thing out 43 years later. I did figure out how old I am, by the way. The other day, I was like, I don't know how old I am. I'm, I'm almost, yeah, almost 43. That there isn't a formula. You will, like, you will have to experiment with, with how you connect with God, with what being with God looks like. And with any experiment, like, there'll, there'll be stuff that will really work for you, and there will be stuff that really won't. And that's okay. Take the pressure off. It's not about performance. It's about being with God. I just want to, I want to press on something for just a second. If you're the kind of person who, and I know, I know there are some of you in the room, uh, just statistically this is true, who when you hang out with someone, you spend time with someone, and after you leave that conversation, you ruminate about that conversation and how that person perceives you and thinks about you? I see some heads nodding. You know what I'm talking about? Chances are that you're carrying that into your relationship with God too. And then you're, you're judging your performance with God. And that's getting in the way of you connecting with God. He's not interested in your performance. 
You don't have to say it right. You don't have to do it right. He just wants you to come and be with him. Chances are that person who you just spent time with walked away and they're not thinking about what you're thinking about, right? And now you're in your own headspace. God's like, why are you thinking about this right now? I've told this story before, but I feel like it's important. Again, there was a a time where I had a little spiritual retreat that I went on and I had a journal and, um, um, and I was writing and I just, you know, write down thoughts, but I'm not, I'm not an artistically expressive kind of person. I don't, I don't draw, I don't color, but in, in whatever instance this was, I just had this inspiration to draw something in my journal. And, and I sat there and I stared at the piece of paper and I could not do it. I just, it was like just the weirdest thing. Like I couldn't draw on my paper. I just had to just, I don't know why. I wanted, like there was a part of me that wanted to kind of express some feelings or thoughts that I had to God. And I wanted to just draw it out in my, in my journal and I couldn't. It's like, why is this like so hard? And I, and I just, I really felt so clearly in that moment that like uh, I, even in my relationship with God, I, I was judging how I was relating to God. And he was like, I don't care what you draw. So God really speak to me. Like when your daughters bring you a page that they've colored or something that they draw, do you judge it? Or do you just appreciate that they made something for you? Right? You, you know what I mean. Like uh, if you've ever ha- seen, a, seen a kid bring a picture to their parent, like they're just, the parent is just happy that the kid brought the picture. Regardless of what it looks like, Chloe, you're a good drawer. It's Okay. <laughs> That, but you just don't care about that. And like, what, what you care about is the offering of true of love, right? And that's what God wants from you, too. Like he just wants you to come and be with him and love him. I'm telling you, if you'll pay attention to this, he'll set you free. The stuff, like, the stuff that you're trying to pursue in intercession and really, like, trying to, like, get it just right, like, it's just way too much pressure. It's way easier than that. It's way easier. All right, so here's a couple quick things. A uh, couple quick practical ways that we can be with God. So first thing first, start with what, start with acknowledging what is true at the beginning of your day and throughout the day. Start with acknowledging what is true at the beginning of your day and throughout your day. Here's what I mean. One of the, one of the most important things, and by the way, these are not things that I came up with. These are things that I think, um, um, that I've learned from, from other seasoned believers or through church history or just spiritual practice from other things. But, but one of the things I've learned is to acknowledge what's true at the beginning of, day, of the day and every, and every day. So something like this. Very first thought of my day is I try my best to just say, God, I know that before I do anything today that you love me already. I know that I am forgiven and that I am free. And I know that you want to be with me today. I just begin to acknowledge what is true. I know, God, that I'm being pursued by you today. I know that you have good works for me to do today. These are all things that Scripture says is what's true about who I am. And if I start my day acknowledging the truth, then it's so much easier for me just to learn how to be with God. If I don't start this way, then I'm, I can, it's easy for me to get into the trap of, of con, feeling like I have to convince God to be with me. But you were with God while you were sleeping, yes? So you are with God when you wake up, yes? And so we just have to acknowledge that. We just, I, I think it's really important for us to confess what is true at the beginning of our day. And here's what I found is when I do that first thing in my day, it's much easier for me to do that throughout my day. 
It's not just a one-time occurrence where, where I just do it at the beginning. I think too much, we, we put a little bit too much weight on having this big chunk of time in the morning, which I advocate for, by the way. Let me be really clear. I really think every person should have a morning devotion. I just want to be really clear. I think that, that you pursuing and praying God is really important for you to start your day that way. I want to be really clear about that. But we put so much weight on that that we miss walking with God throughout the day. Does that make sense? So, so it helps me to make sure I start that way. It also helps me to acknowledge not just what's true about me, but what's true about God. And this is gonna, I'll touch on this a little bit more in future weeks, but for now, God, you are really good. You are really trustworthy. You are everywhere, but I know that you're here. These are things about God, not just about me. So it helps me to acknowledge what's true, and it helps me to do that throughout the day. So instead of when I have a minute, a da- a minute of downtime, pull, picking up my phone and looking at the latest scores or the latest headlines, what if instead I keep my phone in my pocket while I'm waiting in line, and while I'm there, I don't have to say it out loud. We don't want people to think you're crazy, right? Just, God, you're really good. God, you're, and you're here. And, and, you, and you love this person that's waiting on me in line. And you're here with me. Like, it, it's a different experience. If I, if I don't do that and I'm just like doing this, like, it's gonna be, I'm not acknowledging the presence of God. So I've learned how to just acknowledge the presence of God in little moments throughout the day. It helps, and not just helps, I think it's actually absolutely essential that you read Scripture and fill your mind with God's thoughts so that when you're acknowledging what's true, that is what's coming out. Um, so for those of you who may be newer to Scripture and like, I don't know what, I don't know what you're even talking about, it's okay. If you just want to go to your Bible and like Google what is true, uh, what is my identity in Christ, if you go and just Google that, what is my identity in Christ? You will find all kinds of scriptures that will, that will give you some scripture. You just read through those things and learn to confess those things. Or you're like, I don't know about the character of God. It's really easy. Get on the Google machine. Hey, what is the character of God? What is God's character like? And then you'll come up with a whole list of things like that. And here's the other thing. I said this last week. Don't do this alone if you can. Walk with some other people to help you do this. But I think it's absolutely important that we get the input of God's word so that what comes out of us is God's word. All right? So first thing is acknowledge what's true. Uh, This is so important, and it's important to do all day long because the world around you and your own flesh is trying to convince you otherwise. It's trying to convince you that God is not good. It's trying to convince you that you have to perform to get God's love. I'm telling you right now, your own flesh and the world around you and Satan are constantly coming at you from every direction. So we have to make sure that we are on the offensive and not just the defensive. Do you see what I'm saying? Like, don't wait until you're in that moment where, like, you're questioning things to start, like, just start quoting Scripture. Start quoting Scripture right from the beginning. Jesus was able to fight his battle in the wilderness when the enemy comes and tempts him because it was in his heart. So when the devil tries to come and make him turn a stone into bread, he says, ah, we don't do that because man doesn't just live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. You see what I mean? Like, so you get this input in uh, because every, every day, all the time, there's other sources trying to convince you some, of something else. So it helps me in this, in this vein. There's a, an ancient practice called breathing prayer. 
which is simply you, you just inhale something and then you exhale something. So one of the most old ones is a, is a prayer that says, Abba, I belong to you. Abba, I belong to you. So Abba is the name for father. Uh, and, uh, and Jesus referred to, to his heavenly father as Abba. And it just works like this. Abba, I breathe in. I belong to you. I breathe out. And people throughout the centuries have prayed a prayer like this over and over and over again throughout the day. Abba, I belong to you. I guarantee you, if you practice this all day tomorrow, you will have a different experience in your day tomorrow. Just try it. Just experiment it. See, see what happens. Abba, I belong to you. I belong to you. All right, secondly, the uh, first thing, acknowledge what's true. The second thing, do what you do with God. Do what you do with God. Now, this might seem funny because, again, we're talking about a God who's not physically present but spiritually present. Uh, it helps me to think about this like going to a movie with a friend. So when you go to a movie with a friend, like you are, I mean, some people like to talk during the whole movie, but most of the time you're staring at the screen, and, but you're doing this thing together, but yet not interacting with one another. Does that make sense? It's a shared experience that you're doing together, sitting side by side with one another, even though it's not the same as like playing cards with one another. Does that make sense? And so it helps me to think about whatever it is I'm doing, I'm taking God with me. Whatever I'm doing, I'm taking God with me. So this is um, um, this from a, a famous guy. His name is Brother Lawrence. He wrote this book called Practicing the Presence of God. He said, the key to friendship with God is not changing what you do, but changing your attitude towards what you do. Do uh, what you normally do for yourself, you begin doing for God. And with God, whether it's eating, bathing, working, relaxing, or taking out the trash. Your normal stuff that you do every day, you just invite God to go on this journey with you. I know that that sounds ridiculously simple, but I'm telling you, it will change things. It will change what you do. If you have an awareness, no, God is with me as I'm mowing my lawn. This is an, this is an opportunity for me to experience the presence of God. When I go to the gym and I'm like working out, it's an opportunity for me to experience the presence of God. When I'm at a concert, I'm listening to music, whatever it is, there's an opportunity to be with God. Actually, one time, this is, you guys are like, this guy's just getting weirder and weirder. One time I was trying to really practice this and I was like, God, what does this look like for me today? And I felt like he said, do you want to see a movie? And I was like, well, yes, I do. He's like, well, then let's go see a movie together. Okay. So I went to go see, I think it was an Avengers movie. I, I really don't remember what it was. But I, it was honestly in a, this like interesting just kind of experience. I'm watching this movie, and I felt like God was just happy that I was happy. Could it be that God is actually that kind? Could it be that he's actually just that kind? That he cares about the things that you do. That if you love fishing, God loves to go fishing with you. That if you love playing guitar, that God loves it when you play guitar and invite him into it. And not just doing it just with him, but doing it for him. God, I want to play you a song right now. Like, I, 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 I understand that this is hard for us to think about. Because we think about the, um, how God is a big theological word, transcendent. He's completely and totally other. He's totally and completely holy. But he's also imminent, meaning right here, close. 
He's also omnipresent. That, that's a big theological word, meaning he's everywhere all at one time. And it's the same God who is doing all of the same awesome stuff in the universe as the same God who is the still small voice speaking in your ear these little things too. And I think if we learn to cultivate listening to that voice of the Father, I think that we would be easier to see even some of the things that we're like really interceding for, the things that we really want to see God do in our life if we learn how to pay, pay attention and just be with God in, the, in these moments. I'm telling you, it's It's awkward. But I'm just, I'm, just being, I'm just being truthful. So when you go to work, take God with you to work. And it can be as simple as just acknowledging throughout the day, God, you're here with me. I hope that the work that I do brings you glory. I hope that the work that I do today is honorable. And I hope that, I hope that as we do it, God, that I, I sense joy in my work. You just do that kind of stuff throughout the day, whether it's play or rest. So do what you do with God. The next thing is do what God loves. Do what God loves. This is all about whatever God is doing, you do that. So there are some things we know that God loves. God loves worship. He loves it when his people worship him. So if you want to be with God, step into something that you know God loves. God loves to be with the last, the least, the lost, and the lonely. He loves to be with the brokenhearted. So if you want to be with God, step in to relationships with brokenhearted people. I guarantee you, you will experience being with God. Uh, some of, the, some of the, my most precious times as a pastor have been in some of the most difficult circumstances in people's lives. And it's not because of anything that I've done. It's because God is near to the brokenhearted. His word is so clear about this. And so when I step into those things, I get to experience being with God in a way I wouldn't experience maybe in another way. So step into the things that God's love. God loves um, he loves children. I, I dare you to get involved with our kids' ministry if you want to experience the love of God, if you want to experience the presence of God. He, 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 lo- he just loves little kids. Like, it's amazing. I, I don't know if you notice our kids dancing up here in the front row. It, does, it just elevates the joy of the Lord in my heart, the, free, the freedom, right? So, so if we can learn to pay attention to the things that God loves, and we step into the things and we be with the people that God's love, we will experience more of his presence. Uh, there's a famous um, uh, person that I like. Is, um, he's the founder of the Vineyard Movement. And he said, specifically about the poor, he said, if you're walking with Jesus and you never actually walk and step with the poor, then you're not walking with Jesus. Because everywhere Jesus goes, he walks into to needy people and needy of all different kinds socioeconomically, psychologically, you name it. So being with God, I, I, just, I just dare you. I just dare you. So do what God loves if you want to be with, be with God. Uh, something, something that I've learned, this is like not a long-term spiritual practice, but, but, uh, but something that, that I've kind of picked up along the way from other people is creating a playlist in Spotify and your music app, whatever you listen to, of songs that help you remember that God is with you. I, I literally create playlists. I have, I have a playlist called Abiding with God. And when I go for a walk in the forest preserve, I just listen to that playlist over and over and over again. And it reminds me what's true. 
And I'm a musically inclined person, so that's really helpful for me. But I have to do that. And it's amazing how it saturates into your spirit, just listening to those things over and over again. So if you find yourself like saying, gosh, I don't know how to connect with God. How about just having some different input? Just put together that, a playlist for you. If you don't know how to do that, find a tech-savvy person to, to around you, and they'll help you with that. So really simply, just make a playlist and listen to that playlist and be intentional. Instead of listening to whatever garbage news thing that you're listening to on your treadmill, listen to some, some, to some abiding music uh, and, and see, see how that helps. The last, um, uh, well, not the last thing, second to last thing, create space, and t- I'm sorry, create intentional space throughout your day. So not just at the beginning, but in different, different, um, different times and different ways throughout your day to not acknowledge God's presence, to acknowledge God's presence. So one of the things that you can do is something like fasting. Give something up for a season. Not because it convinces God to do anything, but, but when, we, um, when we give over, when we recognize that there's a, a drive in us, that maybe that drive is somehow crowding out our drive to be with God, it's a good thing to set that aside and, in, and in replace it with pursuing God's heart. So just right now, um, I just decided during the month of January, uh, I was going to cut out any like sugar, uh, anything that's like sugary. Now, it's like pretty popular to do this time of year, so no pat on the back or anything like that for that. It's like, you know, everyone's not eating sugar. You're like, join the club. But I'll tell you, it's been a really difficult thing because everything I go to grab, even if it's not like a, like a candy bar, there's still some kind of crazy amount of sugar in it. And I realize every time I do that, how much I'm just dependent on that like little bit of sugar, that little sugar hit throughout the day. So what I've tried to do, and again, this is not anything I came up with, just stuff that that has been taught to me, is every time I go to reach for that thing and I find myself going, oh man, I really want that thing, I said, say, God, I want you more. I want you more. I want you more. I want you more than that. I want you more than that. And it's amazing you realize how much you've been driven by other kinds of desires when you deprive yourself of something. And again, the point isn't to be overly religious or prove anything spiritual, but to actually give God space so that you can acknowledge his presence in your life. So I just encourage you to, to find some time throughout your day. Maybe it doesn't look like fasting. Maybe just, it just looks like intentional moments where you take a break. Uh, and where you, you say, I'm going to turn off my radio, I'm going to turn off the music, I'm going to turn off the TV, and I just want to intentionally create space in my day to acknowledge the presence of God. So create some intentional space. And the last thing I would say, and Rob, you can come on up, uh, is keep at it. Keep at it. Keep at it. Keep trying. Like, just keep at this. Try, and, and, and I know that that feels like, um, that might sound like a, a difficult thing, but you're building a relationship and you're building a history with God. And that just takes time. It takes learning who God is and it takes learning who you are. And in and, and, and different seasons, there are different things that, that work for us. So there's one point in time in my life where, uh, where I didn't need to walk when I pray. Now I recognize that I have a really hard time uh, really being with God if I just sit still. It helps me to go for a walk or to do something physically. I've discovered that through trial and error, right? And so you're going to have to discover this kind of stuff too, but just keep at it. Don't give up. Because the truth is that God wants to be with you. Good? All right. So here's what we're going to do. We have just a couple more minutes left before we're done. 
what if we just take a minute and we practice being with God right now? We don't have anywhere else to go. Like, I know you probably have dinner plans and you want to hurry up and go, that's fine. But you're on the hook until six, let's be honest. So what if we just took five, six minutes here, just let Rob play, and we just practice being with God. Take some of the things that I've talked about and just practice them right now. Acknowledge what's true. Acknowledge what's true about God. Acknowledge that he's with you and that that he's for you. So I just want to, we're just going to let Rob play. It's going to be awkward. No one's going to sing. And I want you just to sit still in the presence of God and just experience be with him. I'm going to pray. Then I'll come back up in a few minutes and close. Jesus, you're here with us. I know you are. You love to be with your kids. So I pray that tonight you would make your your presence felt really known in our midst as we dedicate a few minutes to just being with you. Come right now, Holy Spirit. All right, let's just sit for a minute. All right. I think that was about five minutes. For some of you, that might have felt like an eternity. You're like, can we hurry this up already? And for some of you, it felt like maybe you could do that a lot longer. I just want to encourage you, you have five minutes every day. You, you do. You have five minutes every day. So what would it look like if this is a new thing for you to just say, I'm going to start tomorrow with five minutes just like that? Some point in time in the day, just, I'm going to take five minutes. Don't put this pressure on yourself. Just one day at a time, five minutes. Just acknowledge God's presence. Acknowledge what's true. So I think that what God really wants is us not just to be a dutiful people who do the right things, although doing the right things is important. What he's looking for is people who love him. He's looking for people who love him. And it's hard to love someone if you don't know what they're really like. And so God wants to teach you what he's really like. So when you go to share who he is with someone else, you're not telling the story of what someone else told you. You're telling your own story about how good God is to you. You're telling your story about how much your Savior loves you and how you know how worthy he is of love. God just wants to reignite some stuff in that. It's going to come from that, from a healthy place. So I encourage you this week to go and get to know God better. Be with him. If you have a hobby, do that hobby with God this week. Uh, Just start with some simple things. Don't overcomplicate it. And just experience the love of God this week. He loves you. He really, really does. So take the pressure off and just go and be with him. Feel like you need prayer for anything? We're here to pray for you. We'd love to encourage you, help you in any way. If you feel like you um, you just need someone to talk to, we'll stick around. We'd love to talk with you. Uh, we're here. We love you. Make this your home and be a part of this family. Go in Jesus' name. Have a great week.